Okay, welcome back to the Lonely Guest podcast, uh, the first one for 2015. And today we're going to be delving into the world of online SaaS providers, in particular data collection and management for businesses. Um, we're going to be looking into how avoiding these technological advances is going to leave you pretty much jammed up from attaining such things as financing, accounting, bookkeeping, inventory management, and all that fancy stuff in the near future. Um, today with me is Noel Tifino from My Accounts. He's a regular at Loan Desk, an evangelist for, future, for the future of bookkeeping, a trainer for the Startup Institute, regular speaker at cloud accounting conferences such as Reckon, HQ, MYOB, Zero, including graduate programs at the University of Macquarie. So welcome, Noel. Thank you for having me. So, Noel, um, one thing I was uh, in my research is I noticed that you are on the panel last year for the Future of Accounting Forum, right? Yep. So that was in Sydney last year, and you were sitting amongst the likes of Reckon again, yep. um, the CEO of SASU, which is pretty cool, and the CEO of the Institute of Public Accountants discussing those, I guess, the tech shifts in cloud accounting. Yeah. Um, and I know one of the things that they were going through, which I guess you, when you're moving businesses onto, I guess, cloud providers such as Zero, because we like to talk about Zero, yeah, of course, um, is their reluctance to maybe share that information online, right? Okay. Um, I mean, do you think businesses have a misconception about how their data is being used by these companies? Uh, some some people do. Some yep. people believe or don't believe in the security of their own data. Uh, do some of the bigger corporations uh, exacerbate the problem with the data privacy and breaches? Mm-hmm. Yes, and there, some, there has been some mismanagement. But on the whole, um, you know, I, I believe our data is safe. Uh, yeah. I believe you know cloud technology is perfect to use. Yeah. I mean, we've been on internet banking for how long? You know, and yeah. that's never really been a problem. Or when's the when's the first time you signed on to Hotmail? Say, yeah. or like, so your data's always been there. Um, it's just now moving across to financial services. Well, the thing that gets me is like you, you're reluctant to maybe share that data online about you know your trading history or the the different figures that you might be turning over, um, but. You know, on the flip side, you're willing to tell Facebook about the most intimate, intimate secrets that yep. you might have, where you've been that weekend, how old your baby is, the baby did exactly this, baby right. did that. You know, we all What's love more the important, you know? you know, that that's obviously more important. Yeah. But, I mean, you trust Facebook with that information, but then, you know, maybe you don't think that they would be trustworthy. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, without downplaying anyone's businesses, for a hacker or someone to really target, like, you know, the small businesses that we work with, it, it seems like a fairly minute percentage or mm. probability that you know someone would, would would delve into and hack the the servers in you know wherever they are yeah uh, to access your data you know when you're turning over what like two million dollars and they want to find out what your ratios and margins yeah exactly. it just doesn't really make sense on, on, on that so level. for the majority of smes it's pretty much uh not it's a mute point almost i guess you'd say probably they're realistic realistically the data loss risk is more going to be on your hard drive on your computer yeah or your sales guy stealing your information exactly. to go to the next but, company. But I mean, I'm I'm Gen Y, so I've yeah. I've grown up kind of with these technologies, and it, it doesn't phase me. It, but I can understand the reluctance of, of some, perhaps some of the old generations, or just people that um, I don't think the way I, I can understand it. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe it'll just continue to progress towards, um, you know, the the data being in the cloud. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So a really cool figure I just picked out was. Um, not cloud accounting, but global cloud computing this year generated $58 billion in revenue, right? Mm-hmm. And in the next five years, that's going to climb to $191 billion by the end of the decade, mm-hmm. which is 
pretty big numbers. Yep. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, if you're not getting on the cloud and following the crowd. It seems like you're yeah. getting left behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> um, I just want to talk a bit more about how data is shared between these SaaS providers. Um, and for people that, listeners that don't know, the way that they're done is through API technology. Um, and understanding how that works between these providers will give you a better understanding about why you probably need to be on these platforms. Um, so basically what an API does is it's, it's, it lets each provider talk to itself. It creates like a temporary bridge of information and exchange of data um, and they can effectively bolt on the services between each other. Um, so say you're running an inventory system um, like uh, let's say Unleashed. Unleashed is a very popular one, yep. which um, connects really well to, uh, say, Zero again. Um, it pulls that information out or pulls the information um, and updates it in real time, mm-hmm. um, giving you, I guess, instant access to... Well, not instant access. It really just cuts down the amount of administration, which is really important with these providers. Yep. Um, and it lets that data flow back in real time to your bookkeeper, mm-hmm. which is... Um, a good example right now it is you are a bookkeeper i am um so on that side you know talking about bookkeeping and the automation side um can you tell me uh even though everything's automated and it's great to have this easy access um you know what can go wrong from a data entry perspective yeah so as you were saying data is pushed or pulled from uh respective programs mm-hmm. so the, the the biggest mistake is is the incorrect setup so where data is being pushed or pulled I- into the incorrect places so def- there's always going to be a flow of data between them but mm. whether they're getting coded to the right areas to make mm. sense for you is probably the most crucial part of the setup yeah. and the flow of information uh, so what we find is you know we'll, we'll take on a new project and we'll find that it's been set up incorrectly and we have you know all of the uh, the expenses going to one expense category as opposed to getting split out across say you know cost of goods and um, overheads if, if you know if that's the case or um, mm. you know things are just go, uh, getting coded without GST when they should be and those kind of things so uh, we find it's an accuracy thing so making sure that things are getting coded where they should be mm. and making sense for the business owner I think that's the most crucial part so I mean you can in the age of data now and the, and the technology and the efficiency you can make data go to most places mm. but in, you know you need to make it make sense for you the business owner where the, the metrics are in the right area yeah, it's like a stitch in time. It's kind of like a little sale. You know, they start, you know, obviously allocating things wrongly and yeah. that's going to give you a really bad outcome, yeah. um, which is something we'll, I'm just going to talk a bit a bit more about uh, a bit later. So um, one, I, one client actually that has come to my attention who imports high fashion ladies' shoes, yep. um, he's been using a financing product called Invoice Factoring. Mm-hmm. And he also uses another product called trade financing, which is like an import, you know, it's kind of like the reverse of invoice factoring where he's got to pay suppliers. Um, And he rang me up and he just happened to mention that he was looking at using my accounts for his bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I said, oh, hang on, they are the (laughs) proudest show in town. Um, But more importantly, he said to me, look, he goes, you know, I've been using Xero, I've got you know, other than all these add-ons and stuff, and it all works great, but my books are a freaking mess yep. because I've got this accountant that doesn't understand factoring or bookkeeping, yep. uh, sorry, um, trade finance, 
And so he hasn't been able to allocate the things correctly. And, mm. the, you know, it's literally, he reckons it's taken like three or four months to get out of this hole that he's been put into. Yeah. So even though he's got all these cloud services going on, all these great, you know, yeah. API connections going on between his inventory software and collections and all sorts of stuff, um, he's, you know, he's running into a real problem. Um, and that's his accountant didn't understand, which goes back to that seminar you did or that you know, panel you're on, yeah. the future of accounting, right? Um, you know, what's, what the hell's gone wrong there? Yeah. So most of our engagements do unfortunately start with that kind of scenario where mm. things have been set up incorrectly and, or things are just lagged behind on the accounts. Mm. Um, technology is, is amazing and uh, you, I can't like, uh, it's very exciting keeping up with it and, and seeing what it's doing. However, we still, it, it's obviously still requires our intervention to use it correctly. Mm. Um, and like I was saying with the data moving, um, there's a lot more data now moving between pieces of software. So the error points are not necessarily in typing in the data because the data is there and it's moving. It's making sure it moves to the right place. Mm. Uh, so in that, you know, in the in the example you're using, data was being moved incorrectly um, and the wrong data was being moved as well. Yeah. So there are still all those type of factors that you, you still want uh, qualified advice to be mm. able to advise those kind of things. Mm. So, uh, you know, engaging us would have, would have been able to, skip some of that heartache but yeah uh, it's you know something that we could, were able to fix and yeah and, so if you're a client you come along and you go hey I've, I've been offered a great low rate by a bookkeeper and he's amazing yeah. but you forgot to ask him hey hang on a second i'm using um some kind of financing product do you actually understand how to allocate that to get me the best you know i guess you know structure my tax correctly yeah. or put that to the account so it's structured correctly or allocate it correctly because you know some of these clients that are with bookkeepers their allocation they're allocating the the interest or maybe they're calling an interest fee when it's not it could be um a gst um event yes the type of financing they're providing or it could be an interest component which is gst free right yeah um, and they've done that for 12 months and all of a sudden, you know, the cost to go back and unwind all that, yeah, you know. It, yeah, it's significantly more. Mm. So I think uh, with, with certain bookkeepers, the relationship is, is really key. Uh, so when people are approaching the market to, to find a new bookkeeper, is finding out how, um, how, how they interact with the, the tax accountant. So mm. when we engage a client, we, we like to think of it like we're engaging, you know, several directors, say uh, the client itself, the director or directors, and uh, and also the accountant. So we basically report to, to both. Yep. Uh, there's no point in constructing the books the way we see it or the way just the director sees it. Where it kind of has to be collaborative. Yeah. The, the accountant who is running the tax plan, who is trying to make everything as tax efficient for the client as possible, mm-hmm. needs the books in a certain way. Um, and that's it's obviously all above board. It's just making sure that, say, uh, you know, the, the drawings levels are at, at an appropriate level mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so the communication, the relationship between the bookkeeper, the accountant and the director is, is really critical. And I think mm-hmm. at, and at times that's where it, it falls down when either, when any party is a little bit uh, reluctant to open it up between all three, mm-hmm. I think is, is when uh, anyone's always going to receive problems. It needs to be, the relationship has to benefit the business owner ultimately. Yeah. It's striking the balance, you know, the perfect trifecta, isn't it? Having mm. the perfect accountant bookkeeper yourself and underst- having a good level of understanding of technology across the board, across all three parties yeah. um, is really important. And let's face it, if man, if you're not across tech these days, you ask uh, rude yeah. because you will be left straight behind yeah. the eight bowl. Um, I just want to set something up here 
Go along with me, Noli. I will. Go along. I always do. Um, we've talked about the inventory, yep. APIs, cloud accounting, right? Let's let's delve a bit more into what businesses are going to have to look like, and this is going to uh, flow back in my direction a bit more in in terms of how they're going to get finance in the near future. Uh-huh. Um, so right now, right, what involvement would a bookkeeper and accountant have in the role? Um, for a business owner that might be looking to make an application to a finance company, sure. For for business finance, you know, one of the first things a bank or a finance company would ask for is is their financials. So that's the, I mean, that sounds very obvious. Yeah. But uh, to some businesses, whether it's because they're in a startup phase or whether it's just because they've been lazy or they just haven't got around to setting up those systems, mm. may not have say a profit and loss balance sheet and a cash flow forecast to be able to show uh, the respective lender. So. Uh, you know, our, our initial um, engagement there is to to create the books, is to mm. to uh, make sure that's up up to scratch and everything's reconciled, so that uh, the banks are able to make a decision based on the the financial information there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, within that construction of, of the of the books is is the involvement of of the tax accountant and making sure that that's compiled in the, in with yep. their understanding as well. Perhaps they have some higher level um, understanding amongst the trusts and. Uh, mm. Some of the, the the wider structure that uh, the bookkeeper may be unaware of, so communication with them is, is critical. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, again, referencing the points I said before, is if all three parties, the business owner, accountant, and bookkeeper, working together, uh, you know, that 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 process should be completely fine. Mm. Uh, I guess the, the other other times when uh, would be involved is um, when the the lender would be calling us just to verify everything, making sure that we did in fact compile it and send it off. So there's eliminating fraud and and those kind of things. Mm. Um, and then sometimes as well, they, they want to ensure that uh, we are maintaining moving forward as well. So that has been um, a, 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 like a contractual obligation in moving forward with some lending applications. Do you think the financiers enjoy maybe speaking to, say, yourselves rather than the client to collect that information? I think at times we, we can make it easier. Um, mm. Some clients, it's just not in their uh, business vocab or just in their, you know, there's not not necessarily a school for startup or there is in certain areas but um there's not like you know it's not like you do it in high school or you know all those kind of things so yeah yeah um you know just making sure that uh we we know exactly what they're talking about at a at a minute level uh, mm. it does cut out a lot of the um in, inefficient communication yep um, does. saves time and i think which usually on a on a lending application is of the essence yeah people kind of normally request funding when they kind of really need it as opposed to pre-planning for funding um so you know cutting out the those inefficiencies are yeah important. cool so that that's basically right now if you go and get finance obviously you know your accountant's got everything up to date but the accountant's relying as well on the allocations being done correctly from the bookkeeper which creates everything well for the given application to the financier but the cool thing that's happening right which a lot of people who <clears throat> are listening they I wouldn't expect you to be thinking, oh, finance is so interesting, I'm going to learn about it every day. Yeah. But what's happening, um, and it's going along with this network effect where you've got cloud accounting moving online, cloud computing, everything's going online, inventory management's online, like I mentioned before, unleashed. So what's happening across the world, and there's a slow uptake happening here in Australia, is online lenders, right? I'm not talking about crowdfunding or peer-to-peer funders at all, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about traditional lending products that are moving their application process to the cloud effectively. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, they're building software 
that's going to utilize the API access into accounting software, bank account feeds, inventory systems, um, and we're even seeing like eBay, PayPal, they're, they're feeding into those to check your turnover. And having, and that goes back to the good information, right? Yeah. It's got to be up to date. Um, so what, what they're going to do is instead of you going through that same process, seeing a sales guy, going out there, if you fill out an application, you submit it, you, you hand it back, all that sort of stuff to determine a loan approval, which could take two weeks just to get an offer because uh, it's got to go through imagine all the hands and, and all that sort of stuff. So now what's happening is if you're on zero, right, you've got your banker feed attached to it. Um, you've got, uh, let's say, Unleash connected to zero, which all work in harmony. Um, the financier will will connect to those platforms, suck out that data, right? Yep. And make an application, uh, basically give you a loan approval. They can check your turnover, they can check your bank deposits, they can check your credit through VADA, um, they can check your inventory levels, all that sort of stuff. Instead of you having to actually manually fill out an application, all this is done online with an hour, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's getting rid of two major departments in finance companies, their sales team, it's driving that down and it's driving down their credit team. Um, I've seen, witnessed a company in the States which is doing all that sort of stuff. They're, they're a $1.5 billion valued company. Mm-hmm. They've got 12 people in credit. Wow. It's ridiculous, yep. right? It's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> so from, um, I guess from a, a bookkeeping perspective in terms of that, um, like we were going back to before, if you don't have those books up to date or you don't have correct allocations... That system falls. That system fails, yeah. right. And so everyone's going online. Now, you know what's going to happen soon, right? Everyone's online. Eventually, your options will start to get limited. The finance companies um, are going to look particularly for businesses that are utilising cloud services. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of you will get left behind to the dinosaur lenders, right? Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying it's going to happen to everyone. I'm talking particularly, I, I guess, the slow movers of banks, but there's these other lenders that are popping up everywhere that are going to basically utilise this API technology, move it online, cut mm. down the cost, drive it down. Um, they're gonna, you're going to be able to pair up products through zero, say, for instance, um, and Noah, you'd be very well versed across this, you know, the um, the zero, what's it called, the add-on, yeah. add-on thing? The yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The, the add-on network. Because um, one of your roles, or well, I guess one of your things I've noticed that you guys do really well is you'll come in and you go, hey, you're using zero, and then the client goes, hey, can you uh, help me? Do you know anyone that can put this in place? Yeah. So, I mean, what are some of those things that you see mainly? The, the big ones are um, a more in-depth management reporting. So, mm. using like a Fathom or, um, you know, a Spotlight reporting. Yeah. Uh, so, then bolting onto Zero, although Zero are about to release their inventory product is, say, Deer Inventory and Unleashed Inventory. Uh. So, just uh, watching the sophistication of what Zero is releasing. Mm-hmm. So, Unleashed and Deer will still be uh, much more sophisticated, which involve things like multi-location and the ability to build within your inventory software. Yeah. But the fact that Zero is releasing their own inventory, uh, their simple inventory, you know, is a is a step mm-hmm. forward there. Because inventory is um, really complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. quite quite complex. And then also just work, workflow management probably the other big one is, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, you know, most service-based industries having uh, the ability to, to accurately track 
uh, time and expenses against the job and, mm. uh, and and do that efficiently for the for the sake of profit really do the business um, every every business has unique needs mm. and finding the right software that makes sense to them that flows well to, to zero or, or any of the other yeah. uh, cloud cloud software is, is critical so uh, reporting workflow inventory uh, and is, is are probably the main three that we mm. get asked about yeah yeah it's an amazing ecosystem mm. they're building for innovation on that side of um, the API platform that they've got um, just, just want to go a little bit further into that. Um, so we've just talked about how everyone's moving online. They're moving to cloud accounting. You've got few service providers. Myob, Sasu, Reckon, Reckon One, isn't it? Yeah, Reckon, Reckon One is one, cloud. Yeah, that's cloud. Um, and it's MYB Live Accounts. MYB Essentials. Essentials, yeah. yeah. It's changed its name, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, you know, if, if you're sitting back now and you're a business owner and you're thinking, oh, forget it, I'm on MYB. I've been on them since I started my business five years ago. I'm not freaking going to change this. This is ridiculous, right? Yeah. What... Um, what would... what I mean, what's the biggest barrier to changing... I mean, well, actually... Is it really that difficult to change over to cloud accounting from, you know, an offline point of view? No, it's not difficult to convert. Um, it, however, there are some complications with with certain businesses. So mm. let's take um, a, a software or an add-on called JetConvert. You can take a MyOb file cool. and turn it around uh, into a zero file pretty quickly. That is based on some assumptions that the MyOb file is fairly simple, which mm. means it doesn't say have multi-currency or have inventory and and and, yeah. and things like that. So. Um, it, it is it is simple, but mm. uh, I guess the main barrier, or I don't think I don't necessarily think of it as a barrier, but the the main reason why people don't change is 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 there a substantially better um, uh, better need for me? Normally the answer is yes. Uh, mm. You know that's why they're exploring it. Uh, but it, the, a critical point is sitting down with the business owner and saying, okay, so why are you looking at it, or what do you need that you're not currently getting, mm. and ensuring that whatever software recommended fits all those needs. Yeah. Um, so. The, the one of the main reasons or main drivers to, to change to a cloud software is probably accessibility mm-hmm. uh, and transparency uh, across they say the bookkeeper the accountant uh, and the business owner yep. but if the business owner you know travels a lot or um, you know is on the road quite a bit that the access mm-hmm. on um, you know is, is is quite critical yeah and the ability of visibility wherever you are is great there too it's almost like you guys are doing like a <clears throat> an SME uh, what do you call it enterprise type Mm-hmm. offering almost isn't it like yeah. you go to sap and you say i need all these things to work in harmony and i need a, a platform to do that whereas that'll cost 150 yeah. <laughs> and that's just for the uh the proposal <laughs> yeah um and then you come into the knoll town or the my accounts team um they say yeah cool you know whether it's zero sasu whoever you know what what inside that ecosystem what add-ons are going to work best amongst that yeah you know, so the key is asking mm. um, exactly what they need. We have like we're completely agnostic, and we always will be across software and the you know the add-ons. Mm. However, there it just happens to be best of breed. Uh, yeah, the companies that just do a bit better. Just a uh, bit better. Yeah, that's always going to happen. Mm. Some get left behind. Um, so, like in terms of changing over, I guess that works in your favour, right? As well as a bookkeeping business, because the more clients you have on cloud, I would assume, and this is pretty obvious, I would suspect, <laughs> that the more clients you can handle any one time, which 
probably makes your business's ROI go up substantially. Yes. Yeah. So the advantages of having a lot more clients on on one mm-hmm. software is yeah the efficiency um, to be able to access all the files. Say you know with, with the amount of clients we have on zero, we are able to access you know if if we've given each, uh, assuming we've given each staff member access to every file, which they don't. Uh, you know, you can access you know any client from from our office. Yeah. You know, you don't have to search for versions of MYOB on the server. Or, mm. You know, and those kind of things. It's it's highly accessible. So yes, uh, mm. profitability and downtime between jobs is 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 reduced. Mm. The other big uh, factor is is training. Mm. So if there's you know substantially more clients on zero, uh, you know we'd focus training there uh, and become a lot more efficient mm. in that software. So. Um, and and also zero come to the party and, and help us out with with all that kind of training yeah. as well. So, does my accounts use online cloud software? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. oh so you do practice what you <laughs> preach. Do. That's good. We do. That would have uh, been. You're not the plumber with, <laughs> no, with leaky parts. Not at all. Yeah, we've now we're 100 cloud and yeah, we, we really we got on board nice and early and, and we've loved it. Have yeah. Back. Do you guys reckon that you're running the most efficiently that you could be running? We are. There, you know, there's always in any business, there's always no room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. Uh, always things that we're looking to refine. Yeah. But uh, definitely got on the, the got on the, the cloud uh, the bandwagon nice and early. Yep. And do you guys utilize any payroll or Alton Bolt on add-on services from these providers? Uh, no, we don't need to. Luckily, from our um, from our point of view. Yeah. Um, our our accounts themselves are are fairly straightforward. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we've been lucky with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just going back, just recapping, I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, all these cloud services are fantastic. You know, they create efficiency in data access and sharing. But if you're not putting good data in, and Noel agree, that's a critical importance. Yeah. Um, you know, the person that oversees the data entry and the allocations, um, you know, gets everything to flow in harmony and gets everything to balance. And we all like to see a zero Pardon the pun. <laughs> Someone would think that I have some kind of uh, endorsement deal going. I here. can see you reading the joke off the screen there. <laughs> <laughs> line by line, they're on my hand. Um, the the coolest thing about cloud 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 services, um, SaaS providers, all talking to each other, and you know, from a finance perspective perspective i'm losing my words today you know once these guys come online and 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 all their funding decisions are done based on you know i guess collating the data in real time i mean if you can imagine you'd have like a contractor out on site he finishes his job he logs the invoice on his tablet or his smartphone um he then syncs that to his I won't say zero, his cloud accounting yeah. platform. Um, and the, the finance provider is already tapped into that via their API, right? Mm-hmm. And so from a finance perspective, if you w- did have a product that was, say, a re- backed off a receivable type arrangement, yep. um, that invoice would pop up instantly and the financier would allow you to draw down that literally that's within yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, it, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Like that, yeah. That's, that's great, what, yeah. that, that's great for the client. Yeah. It's great for the client. Um, we talked about the, the add-on place. That's pretty cool. Um, there's another one which has popped up recently, which I've never seen before. It's called Asset Guru. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Peterson is, I think he's the co-founder or founder. Of, he's the founder, yeah. Yeah, I think you might know him. I do, yeah. Yeah. Funny that. <laughs> Funny that. Um, so previously... Or how does clients, how do they handle their assets at the moment? Their fixed assets. Yeah. So, I mean, Xero has released a fixed asset register, which is, 
uh, it was just way ahead of uh, what MYB did, and uh, it was great to have it physically there, yeah. um, able to depreciate and accumulate and all those kind of things mm-hmm. within the software. It was great. Um, so you know, asset guru uh, just you know takes that a step further. It's it's really management of the asset from from the start to finish. So not mm-hmm. just when you're using, but you know, just to be able to have the complete history of the asset because mm-hmm. it might have been part of another business prior to it being part of yours. Yeah. Part of, uh, prior to your being at your asset, so you know, seeing say like a log, a history of you know repairs and maintenance and things yeah. like that. It really manages that all the way through. So you know, we thought we thought the software was quite great. So you know it pretty well then. Yeah, oh, it sounds like you do. I think we have to. Uh, you ran with that. We have to know um, our fair share of add-ons these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me, like, say I'm, I'm just a normal business. Let me, let me understand this. So is Asset Guru something I'd use? Say I've got tables and chairs in here, and I can put that into Asset Guru. It's fair. Look, it's a fairly cheap software. Again, you'd, as in, like, it's it's the barrier to entry cost shouldn't really be a barrier to entry for Asset Guru. So, um, if you have assets, there's no reason why you shouldn't use it. Um, again, I always ask a uh, business owner, why do you need to track the chairs and tables? Yeah. Um, if, they, if they kind of look at me blankly, uh, <laughs> I'd say, well, you know, maybe you don't need to complicate the process. Yeah. But, you know, if, if say you're um, a, a high business, say you're, you're a, a, at a wedding, uh, mm. you work in weddings yep. and outdoor weddings and you have a lots of tables and chairs to gotcha. land out, perfect, um, then yes. And, and I don't know, I'm assuming... Anyone who's got depreciating assets like that are very valuable, maybe construction equipment. Is that right? Yes, Am I absolutely. Wrong? Am I no, no, but look, it, it really can be used across any you know, any company that has assets. Yeah. Which is most So how does that work with a cloud accounting in sort of does that sync to zero? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So the value like so in terms of um accounting wise, it's the value of the asset is is what the is what why you'd sync it with zero. Mm. However, the like the real reason why you'd want to use an asset guru is to track, uh, you know, is to actually track the asset through its life cycle. Gotcha. So yeah, you're aware of it, like yes, location, but then, yeah, that's fairly basic as well. But everything that's ever happened to it. So we're talking like you know, I guess it's probably most suited to slightly more complex yeah uh, access like machinery. And things that kind of mm. have a longer life cycle, mm-hmm. but um, you know, otherwise, I'm sure you can use it for tables and chairs. Yeah, yeah. There's heaps of heaps of cool stuff coming online. I should mention that um, as well. Just a bit of a plug for us. Like Loanness is partnering with a new lender that's gonna. Well, we think's gonna shake up the lend- the SME lending space. Um, should be maybe coming online halfway through this year, but it's kind of like bank style rates um, without the same type of red red tape. I guess you'd you'd see from a bank um they're quite attractive facilities um but you know once again guess what what you can't apply for through them <laughs> if you're not on cloud accounting okay right yeah. so that's just one i guess example that there's this really great lender coming online they can do all this stuff for you it's a great facility it's very it's very um cost effective but if you're not a tech savvy company they don't want to really look at you too much sure. right so that's that, their that, lending criteria that's their lending criteria. You yeah. must, they must be able to see your accounts in real time in order to continually fund you and update. Mitigates risk. Like, so I can see that. I can see why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, cool, cool. Uh, I was looking around the web the other day. I noticed you guys, um, you're a gold partner on the zero, zero site. Yep. Does, that, what is, does that mean that you paid a lot of money to get a badge? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, um, what we've done is uh, 
we've got a lot of subscriptions, so we've got a lot of businesses mm. um, on on zero under our subscription. But we're yep. also invited, so the way they've restructured the the model of that. So we've also uh, been invited as advisors and users amongst other files. So let's say an accounting firm has the subscription, mm. um, but we're you know doing the books and we're invited in. That also counts. Yep, yep. Uh, the other thing that counts is having all our staff certified across zero. So each time we have our staff member certified, mm. it increases uh, up the, the points pool, which then equates to your Status so do status they go off and do training? Do they? Yes. So we are uh, we've been lucky enough to do all the training in house. Yep. Um, and, and have you know respective people from Zero come in and, and 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 train us up there. Yeah. But yeah, so we we really focus on on having that's part of our um you know value statement at in our company to have our yeah. staff training in house for the staff and, uh, educating. So they they like it. You know, we get pizzas and uh, and drinks in and. Mm. Uh, and, did, and, and did you guys? What happened last week? Did I didn't see you guys did the color run? Did you? Didn't you do that last year? We or did so? the color run last year. I think mm. we're looking at the night color run. Night color run. Yeah, there's a night color run out. So uh, I think we're mm. the ball is uh, in motion for that. Wow, it's a strange, strange bookkeeping firm. <laughs> I must admit. Um, Dawson, Noel, is there anything else coming up for my accounts you want to add? That you know, any significance, any events that you want to plug? Uh, we've got our boot, a series of boot camps coming up, which mm. is uh, we're partnering with uh, NAB for uh, for the series of boot camps we're doing across Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Yep. We do them once a quarter, and um, uh, you know we'll uh, we'll put some, we'll give you some details so you're able to share that. And uh, uh, yeah, we come along and uh, learn about uh, things for small business. So we mm. often uh, present um, it with uh, with a partner of ours. So uh, the last series we did, uh, we spoke on how to speed up your cash flow. Uh, seven tips to, to do that and uh, we are partnered with a company called Anmine they're based in Melbourne and they mm. just gave some tips on um, or their their what they think would be the digital trends in 2015 which have all seemed oh, yeah. to uh, seem to be coming true so mm-hmm. uh, lots of lots of value there for a small business owner not mm-hmm. just accounting but in, you know in other areas of, of small business that we uh, think can help and uh, just want it's free it's a free event we just want to uh, yep. get, get amongst uh, the business community and educate as much as we can cool well, there you have it guys so um I guess the biggest takeaway from this is if you're not getting onto cloud computing, um, you know, there's a big network effect happening, especially in finance. I mean, eventually there's going to be more and more lenders coming online. Um, the more and more do it, the more the, f- the finance costs are going to come down. Um, and eventually, if you're not on it, you probably are unlikely to uh, get some of the cool and funky fun- financing products that are coming out. Um, so thanks again, Noel, for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Uh, check out more podcasts at loandesk.com.au slash blog. Check out myaccounts.com.au for bookkeeping services. You can also listen to more podcasts on iTunes by searching for Loan Desk. See you next time.